Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Tatt. Today's theme is evolution of a maker. First up, we catch up with each other during our social distancing. And we will read another letter from a listener. Our guest today is the incredibly talented Hope Yoder, who inspires us to let go and just do what we love. Finally, we finish up with some more quilt inspirations and what is inspiring each of us to make. Stay tuned. Welcome, ladies. Hi, how are you doing today, Tracy? I am hanging in there. How are you doing, Ginger? Ditto. Hanging in there, uh, you know, just trying to take everything day by day and not stress and worry about tomorrow. I'm just like, okay, whatever I can get done today, I'm going to do. And then tomorrow I'll deal with that. That's all we can do, right? Yep. Um, we are listeners. working from home and it's yes. just a little bit of a challenge. It, it is a little <laughs> bit of a challenge. And we just got the notice that we're going to shelter in place. At least I, in my county, I am. What about you guys? Me too. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't heard anything yet, but I'm mm. sure it's probably out there. I don't know. I'm purposely trying to check. avoid that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they I'm just not going anywhere an, anyway, so. <laughs> they just made the announcement about an hour before we started to record. Very exciting. All right. Well, I wanted to read a letter that we got from a listener. Um, the listener is Janet Meeks, and she wrote in. Dear Quilt Podcast, I'm listening to you today for the first time. This was actually in January. Um, I really enjoyed the inspiration stories and enjoyed thinking back to my quilt journey. That is the topic of our upcoming guild meeting. I'm the president and I'm showing a first or early quilt, recent work, and telling about our journey so that we get to know each other. I've been tempted to go back and redo some of my early work because it's so basic and or poor work. But I tell myself no, because it does tell the story of my quilting journey, which is not finished yet. I found the interview with Victoria Finley Wolf very interesting. I had recently seen the crafter show in which they featured her. Of most interest was her telling about her grandmother's double knit quilts. The story is so similar to that of my great-grandmother, Mary Lewis, who lived in West Texas. When I was a child in the 70s, she had macular degeneration and couldn't see really well. She had to be making. Boy, do I know that feeling now. So my aunt and my mother would cut out squares of double knit and string a thread through the center so that they would be right side up as she pulled them off. A few got flipped. She would sit and watch or listen to her stories and piece them together by hand. We all had big bedspread quilts, most of them just a top, no batting or backing, and they were heavy. My daughter still has mine. She also made my two sisters and me baby quilt tops out of double knits. None of us had children, but she wanted us to have a quilt from her for our children. I guess that would be the first quilt that I sandwiched and tied in 1980. It was years later before I took up quilting. Neither her daughter or my mother were quilters, 
I wish she knew that I had taken it up and love it as much as I know she did. I treasure the many quilts I have from her. Some from the 30s through the 50s have actual cotton from their farm as the batting. I look forward to hearing more of your podcasts while I'm busy stitching away. Janet Meeks, East Tennessee. The um, episode that she is referring to is episode 21, which was our quilting inspirations episode that featured Victoria Finley Wolf. It is funny because I think we're going to be talking a lot today about our, our journey as a quilter, right, ladies? Right. Definitely. <laughs> I think this is just so cool. And um, I, I kind of wish that her grandmother knew about her quilting, too. I know it does. It it definitely like, I don't know if it's just because we're locked in and everything, emotions are heightened, but I was like, I almost burst into tears listening to that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> Her journey really does sound a lot like Victoria Fenley Wolf. So that is really, really cool. Janet Meeks, thank you so much for writing into us. And I'd like to say to any of our listeners Please feel free to email us. I'll include a link to um, our email address in the show notes so that if you have a story to tell us or we've inspired you to think of a story from your life, let us know. And ladies, how about we go talk to Hope Yoder? Can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> we welcome to the open studio segment today, the marvelous Hope Yoder who is, has been in the business for decades and has, we have enjoyed so many of her amazing projects. She's a fabric designer, embroidery pattern designer. She um, has a brand with R&K Distributing that is called Embellish and it's inspired by all of, has amazing products that are inspired by her wonderful designs. Um, welcome, Hope, to the podcast today. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. I'm excited. I actually have never done a podcast before. I've done a lot of live videos, but this is a first for me. Well, I'm so excited that you're with us for your first. That's amazing. You have known Lori Baker for a long time. So I know when we when we asked you to be on the show, one of the things that you mentioned to me was how long you've known Lori. It's been a really long time, hasn't it, Hope? It has, Lori. And when Tracy said decades, I'm not going to lie, that hurt a little. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's just no, funny. No pain intended. I didn't mean to hurt your... your no, your, I just wanted to express like what um, a, an important person in the sewing industry that you have been. <laughs> I can see I've tripped you up. I apologize. (laughs) I have a wicked sense of humor. But yes, Lori and I have known each other, I'm going to guess, 15 to 20 years. We used to teach together in conventions for sewing machine dealers, Lori. And Lori was always talking to me as a new person on the scene. Yeah, that's that's been a long time. Um, I started working that particular job in 2003, and I believe that I met you within the first six months. Wow. So it has been decades. Okay. Well, that's just <laughs> well, now we should have the hang of it. Well, I just, I've only known you for probably five years, maybe. I think I met you at market. I sort of 
um, stuck my face in your booth and got in front of you and was like, I am writing an article about in the hoop something or other. And you were so incredibly generous with your time. And I knew you were busy and trying to sell products to stores. And yet you took a few minutes and pulled me aside and showed me all of the amazing things you do. And it opened my eyes to what could be done with a sewing machine and an embroidery module. Well, thank you. I appreciate that opportunity. And I do remember that day in the booth. And I was so happy just to, I think I loaded you up with way more. You totally did. <laughs> in the hopes that maybe one little thing you would publish. And so <laughs> I want to thank you for that. And it's funny if I, I can't even remember what I was doing then, but you, it's a journey, isn't it? Creating. And what it I is. did when I made Lori or when I met Lori was heirloom vintage in the hoop. And I don't think I've done that for several years now. And, you know, I went from that to hand smocking, to sewing, to embroidery. And now my passion is definitely quilting. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, how, how did sewing get in? How did you start sewing? What was your, you oh. know, first, first projects? And Okay. Well, my very first project, let's say, I'm 50 something, we'll say. Um, and, and for the record, I weigh 100 pounds. So you can't sit on the podcast. <laughs> legit. But I was actually in high school and a little town called Bluntstown in the Panhandle of Florida. And we, a group of friends, we all decided we were going to take home ec because it was certainly going to be an easy A. And back in those days, home ec was divided into four segments. And I can't remember them all, sewing, cooking, home care, and uh -huh. something else. Mm -hmm. And the sewing, this was a little town with one blinking stoplight. And our sewing teacher, I now know, looking back, didn't know how to sew. But she oh, had no. old donated machines from people's attics. And she told us to drive to the closest store, which was Walmart. We could all buy any pattern we wanted, make sure we bought the notions, and we would sew it together. Now, there's no together when everybody gets to pick their own thing. And it was total chaos. And then the highlight, or not really, of that class was she made us wear what we sewed to class as a senior in high school. And I remember saying to myself, I was doing an A-line shirt tail hem on a dress. I can still see that ugly dress. It was purple and white cornflowers. And I remember saying, I hate this. I will never sew again. <laughs> oh, no. So that was actually my first um, experience. So then what did you do that, you know, turned it around oh, for yeah. you? Well, uh, I went to college for, uh, I have a degree in dental hygiene and I worked as, I know this is an odd topic, but <laughs> really? I'm going to stay on point, but I was a dental hygienist and I worked for a, a lady dentist that was actually a friend of mine from church and she knew I loved to craft. So I, I never sewed again, but I did everything from um, cross stitch to, you know, puff foam paint. Well, I had made this amazing shirt. It was hot pink and it was Haynes Herway t-shirt that matched mm -hmm. hot pink scrubs. And I glued a big Holstein cow on the front of that <laughs> front of that shirt. And as the glue was dry, I didn't know anything about sewing. And I knew they had this glue that 
dried clear and it was a fabric glue, it said, but it needed a little something. So as the glue was drying, I sprinkled glitter all over it. And I walked in and we had a staff meeting and I thought, Ooh, girl, I'm killing it. I look good. And, um, (laughs) one of the girl assistants said, Oh, hope. You've been crafting. And I said, yes, I have with my chest puffed out. And she said, I think you would really enjoy sewing and quilting. And I can teach you how. And I right away said, oh, no, I did that in high school. Hated it. She goes, no, really, I'll teach you. And so I got a machine and she did teach me. And how it's so funny because I know it was just anything they could all do. They probably had a private staff meeting trying to get me not to wear cows on my shirt anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, yeah, it, it is funny how we have those like moments where, yeah. you know, maybe something you didn't like before and then you just see it in a different light or something else happens. And because the similar thing happened to me where I wanted nothing to do with it when my mom was like dying for me to start sewing and doing things. And then I didn't want anything to do with it and then had that moment of like, aha, no, this is actually fun. So that's hilarious. I even went as far as I bought my first machine from Sam's Wholesale Club, which you can imagine how beautiful that machine was. (laughs) And I bought the top of the line machine, um, the only machine that they sold. And then I right away started taking sewing classes in my local store. And everybody had the brand of sewing machine that that store had, except I had Sam's brand. And, you know, there becomes a machine envy happening there. And so I came home and I told my husband, I need to buy a new machine. And he says what every husband probably says, what do you mean? You just bought that. And Mm -hmm. I said, it's a piece of junk. And (laughs) I convinced him I deserved another machine. And he told me, well, if you can pay for it, you can get it. Well, don't tell that was not a no. I'd never heard a no. From that. <laughs> I sold ugly shirts that I'll have to send you a picture of this shirt to put on the podcast. But I, I would love it. I sold Hanes Her Way t-shirts with white doilies that were stapled to cardboard. And I sewed them on with monofilament thread. And I used that same glue that I put on my cow shirt to glue buttons on because I didn't know how to do that yet. And I sprinkled glitter on it. And I sold those shirts 20 years ago for um, nine, uh, $35. Oh, and man. Wow. My sister nice. gave me one back. And you know what? It was in pristine condition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And then you earned the money to buy yourself a better sewing machine. Yeah, huh? I did. So my very first machine, I was so proud. I didn't have to finance it. And I had the cash to pay for it. And I had a lot of extra shirts. So for a couple of years, that's what everybody got for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So how did you evolve into doing all of these amazing crafts in the hoop? Oh, well, that's just, you know, one thing leads to another. And, you know, as a sewist or a DIYer or a maker, you, you know, you just want to keep trying new things. And I guess it just became from finally figured out what the heck they were talking about on a sewing pattern. And, you know, I figured out how to read those, made a few things, decided I need a serger. Um, I actually, I went to school to get my license as a Martha Pullen license instructor. And back in the day, that was something that was very popular to do. And that gave me confidence to submit a project to a sewing machine convention where all the store owners go. And that's where I met Lori. My very first thing I sent in 
they accepted it, but they said I needed to scale it down. And when I was there teaching, I met Lori and a few other people, and they recommended that I start you know, making embroidery designs. And I went home and I thought, well, I can do that. I never, I didn't know how I could do that, but I wrote a book and I started producing embroidery designs that were vintage in the hoop instead of doing them by sewing machine. And then that led me to here today. So Lori, I know when, when I told you that Hope was going to be a guest, you, well, jumped all over it because you were so excited, but I did. you had specific mm-hmm. questions that you wanted to ask Hope. Well, I think one of the one of the main ones is is I see such a difference in what you were doing back then when we were working together, which was the heirloom stuff with all the lace and and ribbon and so forth. And now what I see is um, applique with lots of bright colors that probably wouldn't be your first choice if you were doing something heirloom. And, and it, it, I just kind of want to know how long that transition took. And were there steps in between that I didn't see in those couple of years that I wasn't paying attention? <laughs> wow, that's, um, I'm not quite sure. That's a good question, Lori. I think maybe my family had something to do with it. And also, you know, staying on what's current I do a lot of research. I, you know, see what's popular on Pinterest and lately Instagram. And, you know, I decided, I guess, somewhere along the way that I needed to produce things for stores to sell that maybe weren't 100% what was my feel, but what other people were looking for. And that just kind of, you know, gave me a crossroads. And probably too, because I sewed all of my children's clothes. Well, not all of them. Uh, I sewed matching dresses. So we, I remember Miss Ethel at church would always comment on my daughter, Hannah and Olivia, and they had matching dresses with big organza hair bows. And my girls loved, I don't even know how I found the time back then to do that, but they loved to dress alike. And then they didn't. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then they said, please don't tell people what you do for a living. And then twenty-three, they actually aren't faking when they love the two quilts that I made for them and their friends want me to make them. And it's just a journey, I guess, like, I don't know, you know, what I used to cook or what I used to drive in a car or where I used to go to vacation. It just all changes with the times, but I've loved every single thing that I've done. And I love bright colors. I always have loved bright colors and vintage is definitely muted colors. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, but I think quilting just became something that I, well, actually the truth is my children moved out um, last a little over a year and a half ago and I had two empty bedrooms and I decided I deserved a sit down quilting machine. And then I decided I needed the frame. And now, you know what? I'm not following any rules with quilting. I think Lori, I'm so much happier now. I'm not a a happy-go-lucky person. I'm generally kind of perfectionist-oriented or uptight. And I decided I just want to start having fun in my craft room. And I don't really care what the rules are anymore because I'm the one who bought the equipment. So I should be the one to enjoy it without people I've never met telling me how to do it. 
And that's how I started quilting kind of funky. Well, and, and I think that our listeners are going to love looking at the pictures that you sent us because they so look like you've got children who aren't preschoolers and toddlers and mm -hmm. first graders anymore. They're, they're getting grown up and, and their projects that you've made for them are just wonderful. Well, thank you. It is a journey. And I think um, what I'd say to you know listeners out there, I, I travel a lot and I do a lot of events with Embellish and I have done that prior um, before my um, joining with RNK Distributing. And so the, the good thing about that is I meet hundreds or thousands of people a year that I would never meet. And I love hearing all of their stories. And one of the things that I hear a lot is, I never thought I was a quilter, but I love this. When we tell them they can take, and if we have the pictures that you can see of the llama or the flamingo, those are our current embellished projects, which, you know, we're doing some transition with the time that's going on now. But I just tell them, you know what, do your embroidery in the hoop and quilt over the embroidery. <gasps> and you should see their face. They're so worried. They're supposed to quilt around a design. Why? Why can't you quilt over it and pretend like it was a print on the fabric? And then you don't have to worry about the rules and echo quilt and you don't have to be good at it. You just have to have fun doing it. And so the kind of that's where I come in. I'm, I'm going to quilt outside the lines, over the lines, through the lines, <laughs> you know, to grandmother's house I go. <laughs> I love that. I love that too. Can I just say, you can tell that you're having fun. Oh my God, you look at those quilts and it's like, I, I just had a blast looking at them. So I can only imagine how much fun you had making those. Well, I look at them and I want to go home. Well, I am <laughs> home, but you know you what I mean. You are home, but you are doing <laughs> your work. I want to work. I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, over the years, I mean, I've gone to your schoolhouses and I've always tried to keep tabs of where you are as, as long as I've been going to market and, and um, you know, been working in the industry. And what I can always tell is you're always looking to make it a good time for um, your customers and you're always um, looking for ways to help stores create events and reasons for people to come into the shop and to really use their machines. And um, how is how is the current, you know, the current climate with with um, the pandemic going on and all of us needing to shelter at home? We actually all just got our notifications that we're now sheltering at home starting tomorrow. Um, how is that affecting things and how how has that changed the way you're working? Oh, that's a good question. Well, um, this is the social media age and that becomes so important. And first of all, I guess one of the reasons why I am with RNK Distributing is really because of their philosophy. And it lines up with my philosophy that we 100% want to sell our products to independent stores and not sell them on Amazon or in the big box stores, just because we want to create that society or that community in our local stores that, you know, they can have a place to belong and to grow and to learn and to be inspired together. And so RNK produces very high quality products that I think everybody deserves. And, 
you know, you can really see the difference. I think it's important to use good products and I think it's important to know how to use them and to have fun. And I just want to take this opportunity to say, I love RNK and I love all of our RNK dealers because if we didn't have independent stores where we could go, how sad would that be? And, you know, that's on hold for a little bit. And what I think we're all trying to do is figure out a way to work remotely with live videos. And I know some of our stores in, in some states are still open and, and you know, they're complying with a six-foot distance. Mm-hmm. But our events, we're always looking for ways to do things different. And so this becomes the challenge and the puzzle fitting the pieces together. So we're going to be doing some live events. And I don't know all the details because like you, we're working them out. But I'm going to start doing a series of live Facebook videos and that'll be on our embellish page. And I'll probably do some on my uh, Designs by Hope Yoder fan group on uh, Facebook as well. And so I just did one yesterday and I thought it'd be short, you know, that moment when you think I have nothing to say and then (laughs) an hour long and we did one on just basics. How do you pick the product to use with different fabrics? So going back to the basics for seasoned embroiderers and new ones, what's a stabilizer and how do you know what the heck to pick when there's so many on the market for cotton fabric? And I'm doing another webinar um, this week as well. And I know we might be recording, but I actually sewed on a button for my husband with a toothpick. And I mentioned that on the video and people are looking at my, my office manager said a toothpick. And I thought, well, that's a video. I think mm-hmm. that gives a lot of free education just to keep mm-hmm. us inspired. I, I think that's a wonderful idea. Now I need to join your, your Facebook group. Um, I started working with RNK several years ago, um, just wanting to learn more about like the Floriani products, and um, and then Alex Anderson joined them and created Quilter Select. So if our listeners don't really recognize the name RNK, I guarantee that they recognize the names like Embellish and Floriani and um, and Quilter Select from their their local quilt shop. Um, the products are always superior and just amazing products. Whatever it is that they're putting out, they are going above and beyond to find the perfect, the perfect stabilizer, the perfect wash away, um, the perfect thread. And, um, and so I've known um, Ricky and Kay Brooks and Cliff for several years now, and I just find them to be uh, just the most amazing down-to-earth people you could ever meet. (laughs) So I love them dearly. Um, And I always think that when, um, whenever I am looking for some, I love in the hoop projects. um, And, and whenever I want to learn something more, that's always the first place I go to look is for one of one of their brands to figure out what what I need, what stabilizer matches the fabric that I'm using and all of that. So I completely appreciate that. And I now want to know how you use a toothpick to put on a button. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll give you a tip. It's just like you need a topper for every single embroidery design you use. And uh, there'll be a live webinar on our Facebook page that by the time this airs, um, it'll be, you'll have to look back a week. 
So <laughs> just a, a secret, if you've never used a toothpick, the question is, do people have toothpicks in their houses anymore? Uh, if they're I bakers. Do. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> do. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny. So I am looking at your quilt designs right now and you have got, um, like the one with all the animal collages on it. What's it called? The one that you sent oh, over a picture. So our embroidery designs, we no longer are marketing them as embroidery. We're calling them mixed media projects because they include the embroidery designs, but they also include a pattern. And it could be anything from a purse to a computer bag to a quilt. And then it, they include the SVG files because, as you guys know, I love digital cutting. So mm -hmm. this CD that you're referring to is called Animal Art Collage. Oh. Ah, it is so up my alley. <laughs> oh my this goodness. This is my kind of quilt. I so think I'm going to have to send you guys those designs, right? Oh my gosh. So you do all of that collage in the hoop? Well, okay. So the animals themselves are collaged in the hoop. And then, so we have this mix of, there's some cork and some foil and vinyl and fabric what? all done oh in the hoop. amazing. And then we take it out of the hoop and we cut the animal out, leaving like an eighth of an inch. And then we top stitch it on the quilt background using Quilter Select has a beautiful invisible thread that's so soft. And just I even use it on my long arm machine. So then that animal that I made in the hoop, I top stitch onto my quilt block. And then I just quilt over everything. Um, I have little hexes there and I just used a dye template with webbing or foolproof permanent webbing from embellish um it, it washes and it's you don't have to uh, sew the edges of it so i fused that down and then i just quilted over everything and if you zoom in on those pictures after the quilt was finished and bound then i added embroidered chenille in the form of a tail or um, let's see, the seahorse has a little chenille. The, the glasses on the zebra, on the giraffe, if you looked at the wrong side of that quilt, which I know you guys can't, but if you did, you'd see bobbin thread on the glasses only because I added that afterwards. And I don't care if you can see the back side of the quilt and you see a little embroidery, it's just a little bit because I'm not putting them in you know quilt market to be judged. I'm just <laughs> fun and I don't care what the rules are because I just want to really enjoy all the money that I've spent. <laughs> how much that is. <laughs> That's how I got in the business really so I could light it all off. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I just want to put glasses on everything now because it's so cute. Like every one of those animals that has those glasses, I just might, I melt every time I see them. Oh, thank you guys. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you know, I keep hearing you say that, you know, you're, you're not a good quilter. And I look at these and I'm like, dang girl, these are yeah. really good. That's <laughs> called panel locks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get all my steps in because if you don't know what channel locks are for any of our listeners, when you have a frame for a quilting machine, you can put a lock. So it just goes, it doesn't, it goes back and forth horizontal, but it doesn't go up and down. And if you could see me, I'm pretty comical because I'm, I like to have fun. So I'm like, I make sure I put my Apple watch on because I want to get credit for all those steps. Like <laughs> zoom, zoom back and forth. And the cool thing is 
I quilted right over the embroidery. And, you know, I know some of our listeners are listening and thinking, she did what? No, she didn't. Yes, she did. And I'm less uptight now, y'all. <laughs> oh. Well, I, th- I think that You're needs to be your next rules. video. We got to right. see you dancing You're... around and getting those steps in. It's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just loving that you're you're clearly you're exercising a it's like exercising a muscle right where you're you're breaking the rules and being okay with it and 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 then you can break more rules right yeah and you know about ten years ago or even fifteen years ago I would not have been okay with it and I would have been judging myself harshly. And you know what? Life should just be fun. You should enjoy what you're doing and not sweat the small stuff. And no matter what's happening, you know, like preach hope, right? No matter what's happening in anybody's life right now, there are people out there that are having more problems than what we are. And I am so thankful and blessed that we're in America and I have all my toys and I'm sequestered in my home. I mean, really, wow, that's not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's true i guess we are kind of lucky in that we first of all we make a living doing things that we love and that we've got all these amazing tools and a sewing room and a stash i mean certainly i can make several quilts without needing a batting (laughs) right Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and we can just play and i feel like that's really important for us to be playing right now we need that stress relief. And sewing is a healthy thing. I mean, even like you're saying, you're getting your steps in by using your long arm and and where it lowers your blood pressure to, to sew and um, it keeps our minds active, right? Absolutely. These are all good things. And, 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 and Ginger, I know you don't have a stash yet like Lori. But <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm sure if you need if you need anything, just let us know and we will drop it off on your porch and then leave so yes. that you oh, can I need get to it. You up on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the U.S. Postal Service is still working, you guys. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. That is true. And so and- I'll probably send you some of my fabric so you can have some things <sighs> to play with. Oh, don't say it unless you're going to do it. That's <laughs> true. That's true. And, and hope... I got to see Ginger got your new tools. And so I got to see how cute they are. Oh my God, they're just beautiful. They've got that beautiful. So for the listeners, I know you can't see, but I, if you're on my, my Instagram handle is hope so creative, or we have our embellished Instagram handle and on, and those tools are my favorite. We have a seam ripper and applique scissors and tweezers. And I'm finding all kinds of use, you know, from everything to cooking. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> wrapped with a beautiful grunged out flower print that was from my first fabric line called Roses and Arrows. And that's actually the artwork from my first line of fabric. Oh, I love it. They're oh, yeah, just so cute. Lots of fights over those already. I want this. I want that. I want this. <laughs> just gorgeous. And we just did, um, it was a little sneak peek video that's going to, by the time this comes out, I think the video will be out. So if we can, we'll, we'll put a link to the video and it Absolutely. really highlights, oh, it highlights the tools just beautifully. I did Perfect. an Instagram post yesterday or the day before where I was working on um, a quilt for my daughter 
for her new apartment. We just moved her in the last two days and she was working and my husband, and I totally set up, staged her apartment. I felt like Chip and Joanna Gaines, except <laughs> I just unboxed stuff. But I made this quilt for her orange couch and I took a picture with the scissors on it while it was on the long arm and it happened to be on teal fabric. And somebody commented, it was so funny. They're like, these are gorgeous, but having the fabric blend with your scissors, I would never find them. But see, that can be a new marketing ploy to get people to buy 50 pair at once. <laughs> <laughs> because you always, I can never find my seam ripper. Mm. Am I the only one who has several because you just keep losing them? <laughs> yeah, they be tied around our neck. Yep. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, Hope, it has been such a pleasure to have you join us today. We're going to have to have you back again sometime uh, um, after all this is over so that um, we can, you know, maybe we'll have time to have played with some of your patterns and made some collage animals ourselves. That sounds wonderful. I'm happy to supply you with things to do while you're home. Oh, we will take oh, you up on boy. that. We swear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hope. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Hope. So today for our quilting inspiration section, we're going to talk about what we're doing while we're all sheltering at home. And I don't know about you other guys, but I've been having more time to be looking online and I'm seeing some fun things on Pinterest and Instagram that just make me want to go sew. Oh, yeah, I agree. Definitely. <laughs> All right, Ginger, you want to go first? Yes. What are we talking about first? Like, uh, should I talk about what I've been working on? Oh, yeah. I really want that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good, 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 good. No, it's so funny when uh, everything, when we were switching offices and doing everything, there was just a plethora of books and magazines and all that good stuff. And I oh. saw one. It was a modern patchwork magazine. So it's one of the older ones. It's um, from the March, April 2018. And it is, of course, a quilt with curves. It's called Owl Eyes. And I spent all last weekend cutting up my curves and oh my god so much so that I uh rub my finger raw so my oh, no. thumb it was hysterical <laughs> so but I mean I've got hundreds of uh the the curves all cut out last night I sat down and I started you know uh, grouping them together so I know so now I'm at that point where I need to just start sewing them so I am so excited but it's a beautiful quilt it's from uh, the design is uh Jen Carlton Bailey who of course is like a curves master and uh so I've got that going and ultimately this is going to be our new bedroom uh, quilt. Uh, my husband nice. and I have been married 16 years and I still have the quilt that we got. And it was like a store-bought quilt that we got when we got married. And I'm like, you know what? I'm quilting now. We're making, I'm making my own. We're getting in nice. there. So I'm so excited. Um, but yeah. And uh, so just, uh, I don't want to work at while I'm here at home. I just want a quilt. So it's been tough <laughs> to like, like, I literally have to like walk away and be like, nope, I actually need to work right now and yes. go and do that. So, uh, so yeah. have you done curves before? Or I have. Was first? No, nice. no, I have. I actually had done, it was a Quilty from Quilty Magazine. That was uh -oh. the first time that I had ever done curves. And we actually have that quilt hanging in my hanging in the office. It was so funny. We were decorating the new office and they needed a quilt to put on the wall. And I was like, hey, I have one. And nice. yes, so I feel very proud about that. But yeah, Yay. so but, uh, yeah, I, I this one is definitely, it's a much bigger quilt because this is, I think that one was just like a, a lap quilt. Whereas this one, it's, I'm doing like full queen and I'll probably make it even just a little bit 
bigger and maybe add another panel um, so it really fits the bed. But Nice. Uh, Yes, I'm so excited. Excellent. Yeah. And then I don't know, do we want to talk about what we're seeing online or do you want me to go ahead and talk about that too? Oh, go let's ahead. talk about what we're doing and then oh, we'll move on. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. So Perfect. Lori, what are you what are you working on? What do you got going on? I know you had given us a good update the last time around, but anything new? Well, the first funny thing is I I shared on our last podcast that I was working on this little mouse. Our son's cat got a hold of the mouse. No. <laughs> no. So I had to do some mending on the mouse. He's oh, fully no. recovered now. <laughs> and we're ready to move on with that project. But now in the meantime, I've gone into my sewing studio and my tub that I keep my batiks in was so full that I could barely shove it into the shelf. So I'm making a very utilitarian just big patches. I'm thinking it's going to keep somebody warm. Um, blues and greens and purples, all batiks. The patches are, if I remember right, six inches by nine inches. Mm. Um, and I'm making mm. enough for a large throw, not bed nice. size, but a, a really big, enough for two people to sit under and snug and watch TV. Very nice. Ooh, nice. And how about you, Tracy? Well, I am still working on my scrappy trip around the world and I have um, about, so you know how you do the um, strip pieces and then you make a, a loop with the, with all of the strips and then you cut it up into two and a half inch squares and then you unpick one of the seams to make the block um, do that chain thing, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I've got about six blocks cut apart. I've got uh, five blocks that are completed. Um, and then I've still got some more strips that still need to be just making the, the tube. Um, so that's where I am. So I've made more blocks. And so they're ready to be you know, for me to be sitting in front of the TV and unpicking them <laughs> tonight. Oh. So that's what I'll be doing today. Nice. So how, how far along are you? How much more do you have? Um, Just a few more. I, well, I mean, it's pro I don't know how many blocks it's going to turn into yet. Okay. Um, but it should be a decent size, like a big throw. That's what it'll be. And Sydney's eyeing it. <laughs> so I was pretty impressed the other day because she was like, I really like those colors. I'm using a Bonnie and Camille um, jelly roll for it. And so it's real bright and cheerful. So it's nice. So how about things you're seeing online? Are, are you, first of all, are you guys spending a little more time online because we're not commuting? Definitely. Yeah, yeah no. Too. And yeah, mm -hmm. no. And it, it's funny, too, because I've definitely noticed I get like notifications and I had to turn off the notification for my Instagram because it was just constantly coming up and coming up because every time somebody would post something new, it would just come up. So I was like, all right, I get it. Everybody's online. So <laughs> I, I had to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, I've always had mine turned off because I just can't be distracted like that yes nope i learned <laughs> and everybody seems to be you know posting a lot online and going live a lot so mm -hmm. i'm noticing a lot of that um one of the two of the things that have really caught my attention this week um 
was that Gudrun Erla is doing a mm. so long and I'm in one of her groups on Facebook. And so that has been I've been resisting doing the pattern um, just because I want to finish this quilt first and then go there. But the other thing was one of Debbie Brown's patterns. I actually oh. um, ordered her um, her serviette pattern, which is napkins. I just thought her patterns were so pretty for her napkins. And so that just arrived yesterday. I'm hoping to create not only cloth napkins for us to use in the house instead of paper, but also create a batch of paper towels like that are made out of cloth so that we can just wipe up things and not use paper. So that's one of my spring goals. Oh, and one thing of that. Yeah, I know. That's so cool. And one thing I noticed with the, the Debbie Brown, Handy Quilter just posted that they're going to be doing um, a cyber quilt show, which is pretty Ooh. awesome. I just noticed that. It looks like it's running from March 25th through April 25th. I have no clue what that means. I'm kind of curious. I haven't had a chance to like go and explore. But when you mentioned that, I was like, oh, I did see that. <laughs> what a great idea. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Look for that. All right. We'll find the link and we'll post it in the show yes. notes. Yeah. Oh, that sounds very cool. Um, so, Ginger, are you saying something that you want to tell us about? Okay. I, of course, was scrolling and looking through, and I was like almost gobsmacked when I came across uh, Cotton and Bourbon. I don't know if you guys follow follow uh, her or not. I'm going to butcher her name. Uh, Andrea Ishire. Do you guys know her? I do not. Yes. You should follow her. Oh, my I gosh. Should. I have enjoyed her so much. She had me at Bourbon. Yes, no, because and I love it in her profile. It actually says like uh, um, quilter bourbon enthusiast, which I just nice. thought that was great. Uh, but oh, my goodness, she had a BB-8 from Star Wars. Oh, my God. It is the cutest thing I have ever seen. I just literally was like, oh, my God, how do you do that? And I went into oh her feed gosh. and she actually kind of shows some of the steps that she had done. It's looking like paper. It's got to be paper pieced because um, she's got it there. But oh, my gosh, it is so well done and so much fun. I just absolutely loved it. So mm. I don't know that I'll go and do it, but I sure enjoy looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Uh, how about you, Lori? Have you been uh, going on Facebook or checking anything out? I have been. Um, and in particular, I'm looking for a pattern for a little baby Yoda. Oh. oh. They've got I have not have seen them. one yet. There's yeah, got to be one. There has yes. to be something out there. And if there isn't, you know, paper piecing is probably the way to go. And I could mm -hmm. do that if I could just draw a baby Yoda. Oh, <laughs> what about applicating a baby Yoda? That'd be fun. Oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. There's right, gotta if be anybody a pattern. knows, you're oh. going to have to email us or post on our social media page and let us know if you know yeah. of a baby Yoda pattern. Oh my God, I might be on a mission now. I got to find that for right. you because <laughs> I might have to even figure that out myself. Mm. <laughs> now I'm thinking, hmm. I'm glad that Baby Yoda like obsession has not died. I was afraid oh. like after the new year, maybe it would die out a little bit. But well, we need Baby Yoda now more than ever. I want yeah. more Mandalorian episodes coming. Know. Through, you know, goodness, I think oh, we yeah. have to wait until October. I know. I've watched all the episodes three times. Oh, so good. Yes. <laughs> well, um, thanks, ladies. I think um, we now all just need to go sew. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I must. <laughs> <laughs>
Right. I think you're you're higher up in the food chain for me. So if you tell me I have to do it, I have to do it, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> me? I yes. don't think I am. You, you're the producer. You know, I got to do what the producer oh, says, right? Gotcha. Yeah, I am the producer. Thanks for reminding me. There you go. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, I will talk to you guys next time. This has been so much fun. Yes. Hang in there. You too. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer. 